At 4ZZZ, we acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we broadcast. We pay our respects to the elders past, present and emerging of the Turbul and Jagera people. We acknowledge that their sovereignty over this land was never ceded. And we stand in solidarity with them. You're listening to Transmission on 4ZZZ. Amplifying the trans and gender non-conforming voices of Brisbane and beyond. Hello, hello, you're listening to Transmission on 4ZZZ. My name is Ez, I use he, him pronouns. Good morning, my name is Sev and I use he, they pronouns. And uh, yeah, we, we talk about amplifying the voices of the trans community here in Mianjin, and we also talk to people from outside of the city as well. We talk to people internationally. But today, we're going to have a special guest. It's pretty local. Yeah, we've got a bit of a local legend. I'm very excited to have Beat in the studio today. I, I, parent, is that correct? Parent is correct. Pa- Hello. Oh, hold on. Let me, let me turn on your mic. Let me turn on your mic. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Hello. Hey, how you hey. doing? Yeah, doing good. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> so, hi, Beat. Um, could you give your pronouns, please, for our listeners? I'm Beat. I have he, him pronouns, and I'll take anything else. You know? <laughs> Spectacular. Now, i got a couple of reasons for having Beat in the studio today. Not only have I come to know him as an incredibly kind, fascinating, interesting, and talkative man. I just yeah. knew he would be perfect <laughs> on the radio. Oh, shucks. But also... I'm really excited to talk to Beat today because, Beat, you're a father. Yes. Uh, you have two lovely children who I, I have spent some time with. Yeah. Um, your family dynamics are absolutely beautiful, but you've had a really long and interesting journey of parenthood to your children, and we are going to talk about that and how it intersects with your experience of gender, transitioning, and just uh, family dynamics. Yeah. Yeah. But before we jump into that... Yeah, we're good. we've got... As usual, Transmission has the week in community events and news. I don't have any news to really update you on, but there are a few things going on in the community. So there's Queer Switch, which is 2023, which happens out in Ipswich, which is a free family fun day for LGBTQA plus community, their family, friends and allies, which is Sunday, 4th of June from 10 a.m. till 3 p.m. at Tolmore Place, Nicholas Street Precinct in Ipswich. Pause for Pride puppy pageant. There's going to be Friends of Dorothy Art Showcase. All the colors of the Rainbow Kid Space. (laughs) And, And also coming up is Bones Alternative Queer Party, which is Friday 9th of June. Bones are an organization that have been running parties in Nam and Sydney, I believe, as well. I haven't attended one because this will be their first one here in Mianjin. They've got two of like my absolute favorite local bands performing. They've got Queerbait and Mitch Please. So yeah, you got to check that out. It's Friday, June 9th from 8pm to late. So 3am at the bright side in the valley. It is an 18 plus only event. And there's also going to be some Dragon Burlesque as well. There's Asphyxia, Madeline Glass Eater and Mara 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 Sacchino. Mara Maraschino. Ma- Mara Maraschino. Okay, I'm glad I got the drag king in here, so I know what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, that's that's all I've got. Well, one more very exciting. Last week's guest, Esther Doherty, pioneering playwright, producer, director. They're running a fundraiser on 
Monday, the 5th of June at the Bearded Lady. It's called Small Paul's Best Friends. It is a combination drag king talk show with interview guests peppered by some drag performances. So check that one out. It's going to be a really fun time. And it is fundraising for Zagazig, the play we were talking about last week. You! You can listen back to that episode as well on demand. Head over to 4 You can listen back to all our shows on demand up to like, I think, five or six episodes. So... Yeah, you can listen to the conversation that Sev and I had with the cast of Zagazig. Also, Sev, you're in the cast, so... It's a bit shameless self Shamelessly self-plug. <laughs> um, I just want to mention, now that that's those events are done there, I did attend one of the events that I regularly mention on Transmission, which is Quiver. And Quiver have a monthly thing that goes on down in Wind Lane in Fortitude Valley. I met the organisers, Holly and Dara. They are beautiful, beautiful people, and they are creating such an such an amazing and inclusive and accessible space for all trans and queer folk from a variety of different ages, all ages as well. They're, they offer alcoholic and non-alcoholic beverages. The space is really quiet. Holly, who is the one of the organizers, was showing me some of like the sound tech that they use in the space. And they're like modular speakers that take out a lot of the like reverberation and bounce and echo off of the walls in the space. So it's actually like for people who get oversensitized by really just music generally being played loud it doesn't have that same effect you can stand and i was having this conversation about modular speakers with holly directly in front of them and i could hear each other we could hear each other clearly and it wasn't yeah it was just it's just a really nice sensory experience so if you want to check out quiver you totally should that's incredible to know because over sensory noise and light is the thing that can make spaces more inaccessible to me sometimes than even you know lack of ramps and elevators you know even though i have the physical disability that can prevent me from accessing some spaces honestly it's lights and sounds that can be most intense and the thing that will i will get out through my physical barriers go to a place and an hour later be like i cannot deal with this anymore so it really mm. matters to me that queer spaces are accessible spaces there's as well. also like a quiet space so Quiver also have you know if that if that's still too loud and stuff you can actually go inside there's like a room uh, with with games like board games and stuff you can sit and just chill out you can still listen to the music outside but it's dialed right down so it's just yeah it's a really cool space quiver in wind lane um you can check them out on facebook which is q u i v r um, and they have an event coming up in June on the 18th, Sunday, from 4 p.m., Romance and Rebellion Celebration Party, which is with Lalka, who is a kind of like do electronic music. They're a DJ, and they'll be performing their debut mixtape, Romance and Rebellion, which they're Borneo-born and Mianjin-based, is their music. The producer, vocalist, multi-instrumentalist, and DJ, creating evanescent glitch future club music so it's good i'm like with those modular speakers i'm like wow this sounds amazing i can't wait to check it out so yeah um go to quiver do it do it do it do it amplifying the voices of the trans and gender non-conforming community of mianjin brisbane and beyond transmission on 4zz brings you the latest in trans community news music and events Every Tuesday from 9am till 10am, join our team of hosts for an hour of celebrating the unique perspectives of the trans community. Transmission, Tuesday mornings from 9am till 10am on 4ZZZ. My name is Ez, I use he, him pronouns. My name's Sev, I use he, they pronouns. And we are joined in studio today by... By Beat. Hi, um, I also use he, him pronouns. Yo! So exciting. So we're joined by Beat today. Firstly... I met Beat in the most beautiful way in my heart, like it'll last forever, because I, last year, at the end of last year, I gave up one 
queer fantasy, which was living in my tiny one-bedroom apartment in the middle of the valley, <laughs> one stumble away from basically every venue, uh, which was a good time, but my poor liver, honestly. Um, and then I decided to upgrade to my cottagecore fantasy, moved mm-hmm. in with my partner. We have the whole white picket fence life going on. And you have grass. <sighs> So much lawn. It's lovely <laughs> when somebody else deals with it. But I was a little bit nervous moving to the suburbs, looking visibly and aggressively queer and not really knowing how things were going to be, whether I would have to pretend and partially closet myself. or I, I had no idea what that community was going to be like. The very weekend we moved... First thing you do, obviously, or first thing I do is Google where the nearest coffee shop is. Uh, turned out it was like a three-second walk from my front door. Perfection. <laughs> walked walked where that coffee shop was, found they were having a big, like, market day, plant fair thing happening. And the very first thing I see is this table covered in beautiful plants being tended by some beautiful plant queers. I was like, ah, oh, my people my people and beat was just <laughs> beaming smiling welcome to the neighborhood sorted me out with my first beautiful plants to put in my garden and made me feel so warm and welcome and safe not just because you were so welcoming and kind but you were there part of our community so visibly queer yeah that's that's our little fam and our area is so good for it by the way and it's so good that you live there too because you know instantly vibing completely uh this is why i made me think about why transmission is such an important show because there is something about that familiarity when you just hear or see somebody that you know you can relate to and maybe you you weren't in that space looking for it or knew it but that that sense of grounding and family like it's it's real it's an absolute joy for me to be sitting in a room with two trans men getting to feel seen at the same time as we're being able to share with people yeah so i'm sorry i was gonna say that so you both are neighbors we we live down the street we're a couple oh my of minute walk from oh each other. Well, yeah. I know where I'm hanging out. Mm-hmm. It's where all the cool <laughs> kids are. I'm going to have to move out of my area town. <laughs> it's a good hood. <laughs> it's Maruka, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We cool. live in the Rue. Great, yeah. great neighborhood. There's so many people at the station are also Maruka. Maruka oh, 4 triple yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And now, B, we've had some amazing conversations mm. off microphone. Um <laughs> One of the things I really love about you is how candid you are and how happy you are to talk. Obviously, we're all at different stages in our how we um, how open we want to be mm. or feel people need to know about us. But I, I'm an oversharer, and you are also self-described chronic oversharer. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no um, shame. <laughs> but it's led to some really interesting conversations. One of the things I think is really like for me personally in my transition journey. One of the things that's so fascinating to me is seeing and experiencing how differently I get to walk through the world now, even as a you know, somebody who people look at and either make assumptions about womanhood or femininity mm. or, or what, what the hell's that? I get quite a lot. Um, but even in that world, the difference I feel for how I live and am perceived from when I lived as a woman uh, was perceived yeah. as a woman, was perceived as an attractive woman by some people, uh, to my experience of non-binary gender expression and then my experience of masculinity, it's impacted not just the way people treat me, it's impacted the way I treat myself, it's yes. impacted the way I have relationships, the way I move through the world, and the way people let me move through the world. Mm. 
And that takes on a whole extra layer of fascination to me in a life in a situation like yours, where not only have you gone through this same journey, yep. if, if I may ask, how long ago did you start to transition? Um, oh, I tattooed it on myself so I'd remember, but I never put the year. Um, <laughs> 2016, I believe, I started uh, hormonally transitioning, I believe. That was, yeah, 16, I'm pretty sure, yeah. So it's been it's been quite a while. It's been a bit of a journey from that. Yeah, yeah, and, and the way, you know, you think about your gender when you first start transitioning is so different from the way it evolves over time. And, you know, I'm here for it. <laughs> yeah, I was talking to someone recently about the the phases of transition. Like, yes. you know, and like when you thinking about it and thinking about coming out, you've got like all these like notions and ideas what you think it's going to be, and then you go, oh, what's my what does this mean for my sexuality? And and, and you go through all these like phases of like, am I going to be gay now because I've started yeah, testosterone? Am I <laughs> am I gay or wait or am I straight you mm. know like ooh and then I like <laughs> wince I'm like oh god no uh, anything that. but that anything <laughs> but that you know and I go through these phases of like you go through these phases of like wearing them you know like yes. you sort of try them on and you're like okay how does this feel okay that's terrible <laughs> you that's know, like you, an itchy jumper that one doesn't fit yeah 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 and yeah. then eventually you get to this point of like I don't know I kind of want to do like the ten phases of transition or oh, something yeah. like I want to do like a like a, the, the stages you go through before you get to like I am now a moth cryptid <laughs> you know yep. the stages you get before like nothing means anything anymore is everything's just melting and in, in front of me so you know it's it's really hard to explain to people because you have to get through a certain point of transition to understand the melting of everything. That's so. right. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> like, it feels like when you first start transitioning, it's like, oh, why can no one see me as the man that I am? Obviously, being a trans man, yes, that's that's how I felt. And I'm going to cut all my pretty hair off. And now, <laughs> it's like, where did my pretty hair go? Why didn't I, you know, why did I feel the need to, to be that way? As a sort of backlash to the way people were seeing me at that time um, compared to how I wanted people to see me. And now, now I really can't can't care less how people see me um people assume i'm a gay a gay cis man yeah yeah um and that my partner is a lesbian cis woman and you know all of these things are just people's perception of mm. of how of how our people's gender and sexuality work and it's just funny i told someone that i was trans recently and they like looked at me and went oh i can't wait to see you dress up yeah yeah I'm I, like, you'll make a great woman well, right i'm like wow okay um mm. hmm. anyway drenched in misogyny this whole Yo. thing <laughs> See, this is one of my like favorite genres of backhanded compliment. These drenched in misogyny, like insults that are strangely gender affirming. <laughs> yes, like well, the, some, the first time much. a bogan <laughs> shouted the f slur out of a truck at me, I was like, "All right, okay." Well, <laughs> the scene. You're assuming some things, and some of them. That's okay. I don't see this as a, a negative. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, to compound all of this. Um, <laughs> gendered expectation and experience mm. you're a father to your two children yep um you were also their birth giver yep, yep. i birthed two children two for two no stitches yes. no drugs nice congrats i am, I am <laughs> insane <laughs> um but yeah yeah i have i have two kids i transitioned when my daughter was two or three so they went from calling me mommy to calling me daddy but it was pretty it was pretty easy and now they like correct family members or people who who misgender me or call me the wrong uh gendered parent term or anything um and they're they're really cool they're like they're like the best uh supporters and affirmers because they just get it yeah uh it's like yeah dad used to be mum. now he's dad he gave birth to us 
Yeah, yeah. Whatever. You oh know? my god, that's so cute. Oh, and uh. the kids are really all right. So I, I haven't spent a huge amount of time with Beat's kids, but I have been able to spend a little bit of time, and they are absolutely delightful and lovely. And one of the like most beautiful little character moments for me was um, when Beat's daughter went to talk about me while I was sort of off to the side and misgendered me, immediately paused corrected mm-hmm. herself and just reset the sentence with the correct pronouns with no looks no nudges no no awkwardness she caught yeah. herself immediately and thought about it and rephrased it and just to see kids who are comfortable confident not embarrassed or nervous about having made a mistake didn't feel the need to apologize to me didn't make a big deal about it just she's moved on so with confident on, yeah. with just yeah. like nope i can correct that correcting it and moving on and it was so just impar- like so beautiful to see because, you know, that's just one of those things that we navigate every single day with well-meaning allies a lot of the time. proud parent moment right there. Just like seeing her do that and just be, just be herself and not uh, have to fall back on herself to try and explain, I didn't really mean, oh, but what you really, no. Because no, then you end up having, you know, people who do that too, it's like, oh, sorry, I messed up, oh, I messed up. I'm like, if you keep going on about it, you just... It just, makes it so much worse. It's just like, just move on. Like, it's all good. Yeah. I, I misgender other trans people, all right? Not mm. all the time. It happens occasionally. You know, I, we are all We're human. human. Yeah. We all have the same programming that you have. You know, like, we, we've all been raised on the same binary structures. So our language is not, like, somehow superior because we can, like, just do that. We've just got more practice at it because we live transness constantly. Sometimes I even misgender myself. Yeah. <laughs> actually, yes, I had, I had a friend tell me. She's like, I actually referred to myself as a man the other day. And she's like, what the heck? I just, like, spaced out. Like, I don't even know where that came from. It happens. It happens and it's okay and we just move on. We just um, correct ourselves and keep moving through it because change is... When you're breaking a habit, it's about going, oh, I nearly did the old habit. Oh, I'm now making a new one. So, you know, this is practice. Me going to pick up a cigarette every time. No. And I'm putting, well, there's a couple of things going on there. There's more than just habits. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, You're listening to Transmission on 4ZZZ. My name is Ez. I use he, him pronouns. My name's Sev. I use he, they pronouns. And um, I'm just going to quickly announce uh, Ellen from Megahers, who is also the o- an organizer, uh, one of the organizers for Me Engine People's Pride, has an event this Thursday evening. It is 7 till 9 p.m. at the Cave Inn. Um, and this is all part of kicking off Pride Month. It is an open mic and all are welcome. This is a fundraiser. So, you know, there will be donations and opportunities there to donate money to this cause. Me Engine People's Pride is about having a Pride event that is by the people, for the people, that doesn't involve corporate sponsors, that doesn't involve police, that doesn't involve any other organization that has their own agendas to fill. This is about you, the people, and the people of Mianjin. So this is an all-inclusive space. I know that First Nations are taking their pride and place at the top of being acknowledged at this people's pride as well. So everything is being considered. Ellen is just wonderful human being as well and for triple z myself uh as i'm supporting this and i'm just yeah it's really cool please head on to the cave in at uh thursday this e- this week uh 7 p.m so yeah sev we're gonna keep chatting to to our wonderful guests yeah we are joined in studio today by beat hello hi beat <laughs> beat is a parent in the local community and i think that we get a, the chance to talk to a lot of show people and extravagant (laughs) people and creatives and we so rarely get to hear the voices of people who are living their best thriving lives Mm -hmm. but dedicating it to family 
community in that more personal, more familial sense. Beat, you're a, you're a parent in the community, a father to two lovely children. As a trans person, how have you found getting parental support, bonding with other parents, or getting services support? Because I already understand as a parent, like, it, it takes a village. Mm. Um, and as trans people, we often find that our access to resources and speaking our truths can be limited in some mm. places. So how have you found that and navigating that? Well, I think I have a bit of privilege in that uh, sort of sphere because being trans male, having been on hormones for a fair few years, people just read me as a cisgender male. And so I just get seen as dad by a lot of the parents at school, by the other kids, I don't get coded as being trans. So if I want to talk about experiences that have been part of my parenting journey, if I want to bond with other parents, you know, um, because I'm pretty involved with my kids' schooling, uh, there's a lot of mums who are involved and people who talk birth stories. And I kind of feel like, unless I know the people very well and I feel like letting them in that I am trans, I feel like I don't, really put myself in a position to have those conversations where I talk those birth stories because no one wants to hear a man talking with women about pregnancy and birth unless they have a bit of an idea of the context behind it that I actually have been pregnant and have given birth twice. Um, because, you know, men talking over women in uh, in conversations like that is just too common. So I kind of find myself taking a bit of a step back even though I do have some unique and similar experiences with a lot of these mums at school. But they're, they're all pretty good. That's like, such a trans mask like experience to be like, no, oh, I don't want to be seen as that man because I know that man that yes, talks over Yes, there's so many of man. those men. And then you're like, oh, well, I'll make myself more quiet because I don't want to take up, in quotations, you know, specifically women's spaces and, you know. But then we can't hang out in men's spaces because it's unsafe in men's oh, spaces. Oh, yeah, and, and, and I don't feel comfortable with the bro sort of culture. Nah, like, I'm not, I'm not a bro. I'm not your bro, bro. You know, I'm, I'll be your bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Bro, but yeah. not their bro, you know, because um, it's gross. It is. It's re- it's and it's very sterile. But anyway, this is another whole thing there. <laughs> oh, that sounds like another episode. Yeah, no, we, to can, we, we can do this. <laughs> we'll bookmark that for another time. <laughs> I do find it really interesting because this is. I mean, you, you've been navigating this for a lot longer, and mm. in those spaces, there's a lot more cishet normativity than necessarily oh, I am yeah. um, bump into in my world, which is almost entirely and blissfully full of queer people. Um, <laughs> Woo! Mm-hmm. You, you're in a lot of spaces where the you know cis heterosexual nuclear family oh, yeah. is very much the expectation and the coding that other people are trying to perceive you from. Um, and not only is it such a transmasculine experience to not want to be that guy because <laughs> nobody wants to be that, that guy. guy. <laughs> I uh, I used to joke, and I, uh, the longer I say it, the more I'm not sure that it's actually a joke. But I feel like actually the main barrier between me and working out that I was trans for as long as it was is because I, for such a long time, just hated men. Just did not trust mm, them. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a blanket rule, but a blanket enough. Not all right? men. <laughs> not all men. Not all men, yeah. Um, I, I hated myself. I hated men. I did not make the correlation between those two facts. Well, I, I think me hating men, not, I don't know if hating is the right word, but I had such a fractured relationship with masculinity and men that it it is, I'm going to say it is largely the reason it took me so long to transition because I was like, I don't want to be one of that, that kind of, I don't want to be that kind of person. And it seems to be this kind of person that is always this 
this this asshole, you know? And I don't want to be that. So I'm going to do everything I can to separate myself from it. So I was really hyper-feminine. I was really, really, really separate. I w- identified as a lesbian. I didn't, I didn't even hang out with men. You know, I had some guy friends, but I very, I didn't have deep connections with them quite like I did with women. And so, yeah, it's not until you like you heal your, your relationship with masculinity that you're like, actually, you know what? I can redefine this. Yes. I can redefine this. And you know what? I think... Now I have more friendships and relationships with trans men because we do have a lot in common. And we are masculine, but in a very different way. We haven't learnt masculinity on daddy's knee and from, you know, uncle's barbecue and going to cricket on the weekends. Like, mm. I think the the idea of how to be a male has come on to us at usually a much later stage in life. Obviously, I'm generalising here. Mm. Um, but we kind of get to pick and choose a bit more with yeah. with what culture we, we take on. Um, and obviously there are trans men who are misogynistic, and that's a bit gross. But um, I think a lot of that's learned because being a female, um, mm. you can be misogynistic against yourself. And being trans, you can be misogynistic against against women too. Like, um, yeah. and, it's, and it sucks, but um, we have to unpack all that. Well, I personally have found that one of the most, um, you know, personally enlightening aspects of transition has been it has absolutely required me to bare bones like acknowledge and break down some internalized you know phobias and um, misogyny that I had absolutely inherited from society from you know growing up in a in a world that treats women terribly it's hard not to compound that on yourself Mm. and um, you know everybody does and transition has been one of those uh, cocoon like emerging from moments where you have to peel away all of those layers of what you believe about yourself, what you believe about society, what you believe about gender and the idea that there's any one way to do anything. Yeah, literally. I was saying to Beat a little bit earlier, I feel really lucky because when I decided to go off the rails as a young teenager, very luckily I ended up in goth and metal alternative bars <laughs> that were lesbian-owned yeah, yeah. and queer-managed and were safe places, not only for me to explore my sexuality at the time, but also that even the majority of the cis men in those spaces embraced gender non-conforming uh, presentation and dress as part of alternative culture, as part of sticking it to the man, as part of challenging expectations mm-hmm. of masculinity and femininity. And so, you know, all the boys I was into when I was young and confusing myself because I thought I was a lesbian, but also boys are really pretty. Uh, teenage me had some stuff to work out. But all of the boys I was into wore skirts and had long, beautiful hair. So although I have this one idea on one hand of toxic masculinity and it's you know, the places that comes from in my life and my experiences and my family. And then on the other hand, actually, my uh, early personal exploration being in this side of challenging expectations is all is everything it's like grabbing, to alternative grabbing culture. grabbing a wallpaper and just ripping it down. Just, it, yeah. And it now makes me think every time I, I don't have as much sort of clothing dysphoria as, as I used to because every mm. time I put on a skirt or a kilt or a dress or something, I was like, how hot would the hottest goth boy you know look in this right now? Like, okay, I'm good. <laughs> I can wear it. I can go with that. <laughs> how many genders are there? I don't know. I just got here. You're listening to Transmission on 4 Triple Z. Yeah, we're about to say goodbye. <laughs> uh, it's been such a good morning. Uh, thank you great. so much to Beat for joining us in studio. It's been an absolute pleasure. Oh, thank you for having me here. It's been really fun. I feel you like we've only great. just scratched the surface. We're going to have to get you back. Yeah, I'd love will. to chat some more. Yeah. I'd love that. Thank you so much for listening to Transmission. 
See you next Tuesday, 9 to 10 a.m. on 4ZZZ. Thank you.